Good evening, everybody. Welcome back season two of the Celtic FC Appreciation Show podcast. Uh, joining us tonight, I'm delighted to say, is former Celtic and Scotland goalkeeper Robert Douglas. Um, we are still sponsored by Club Badge FC, they're official licensed uh, suppliers of the Scotland national team. So thanks to their support, we're hopefully getting another couple of sponsors in in the next couple of weeks. But go on and give them a check out. Um, as I say, we're live with Robert Douglas. It is a baptism of fire for Ange Postacoglu tonight at Tynecastle. Um, about an hour and a half or something to kick off. So, Rab, I know we've not got you for long, so we'll get straight into it. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe was the name that was that was linked with the Celtic job. That deal collapsed at the end of May. Ange Postacoglu was a name that seemed to be plucked out the air. Um, what, what were you thinking when the Eddie Howe deal collapsed? I was a bit disappointed. I thought he'd have been a great appointment for Celtic. Um, it was almost as if they had everything lined up and then it fell through. And then Ange Postacoglu comes through. And it'll be interesting to see. You've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, get his methods, get his own squad in, get his own players in. And certainly, he's uh, he's got a few in, but I think he's still needing a few more yet. So, you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt in time. Um, obviously, going out of Europe's... Incredibly disappointing. I didn't see it. We were training the other night, but um, it's it's a hammer blow for Celtic fans first and foremost. You know, um, they've been pretty used to the Champions League and a good campaign over the years. Um, I was lucky enough to play in it myself. But again, I just think um, it's disappointing that the fact that the Eddie Howe one fell through because I think he would have been great for Celtic. And again, it would have been good for the profile. He's a well-respected manager. Um, nothing against uh, Ange. I don't know the man, uh, but hopefully he can come in and get Celtic hitting the ground running tonight. Yeah, myself and Paul, uh, we, were, we were doing the, the show towards the end of last season and it was Eddie Howe talk every single week. It, we were like broken records. And then, as I say, over the season, uh, closure that... that you know, Postacoglu came in. It wasn't a name that I was um, well adverse to, but we, we had a, an Australian um, journalist on, Scott McIntyre. He he gave a real in-depth look into the man that, that he's followed for most of his career. And it was a really great chat. It was a really great insight into what we can expect. Obviously, it's a transitional period. And in terms of when you look at the, the transfers that's came in, you know, Liam Shaw was a deal that was done before. Um, before Ange came in, that was I don't know who sanctioned that deal, but then he's came in and he's brought in um, Asazi Urugide, Leila Bada, Carol Stalfelt, and Kyogo Furuhashi. Um, try to get used to saying these names, um, but obviously they, you know, they they have cost the money that basically we got for big Christopher Aya. Um, in terms of then, who where do you see is needing to strengthen in terms of position wise? Well, I think you're looking, it's probably a bit of a blow that Julian's, uh, Christopher Julian's out a wee while longer. I still think you probably, for the course of the campaign and your European campaign, you probably need another centre-back. Um, I would say, I think they'll be looking at a goalie. I mean, that's uh, the goalkeeping situation's changed already. You'll be looking for a goalie. Um, it depends what happens with Edward. I mean, there's it's wide and varied. But again, to be fair, probably... Every manager that's worth his salt will have two or three targets in each position. And OK, Celtic had uh, Eddie Howe lined up, but I'm quite sure they would have had other, you know, obviously other choices as well. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think um, in terms of 
I think we we, we actually really need um, a lot of a lot of positions filled in terms. Of, I think we need another goalkeeper, as you say. I know Joe Hart's been mentioned, and I don't know how close that deal is. Supposedly, he's willing to take a wage cut, which we are massive signing in terms of names. Um, but I also think we need a whole new defence, just mostly for cover. Um, we could be doing another left winger. And maybe a couple of strikers. I, I think, obviously, Mitchell Black says, will the Japanese striker be involved? I don't think he will be in the squad tonight. I think he will be available for the Dundee game next week at Celtic Park. But I, I, I know he's, he's ready to play. He's just It's just maybe came too soon for him. Um, going, going on to the goalkeeper situation, Rob, obviously you'll know more than others. Obviously you disposed Jonathan Gould when you came in at Celtic in, in 2000. But... In terms of rivalries with goalkeepers, um, I'm thinking Bain and Barkas, how how kind of friendly they are, how how much they're rivals. Would you say that that there is a kind of rivalry when you go in to a new club like Celtic? I, th- I think the goalkeeping situation is the one thing where it's the only position you know you can push a right back into right midfield or vice versa, a right midfielder on a wide right. Um, the last thing when I was there. Uh, Stuart Kerr was there. Obviously, Gould and I were good friends. Magnus came in. Dimitri um, was there. Uh, we had a couple of our trialists in. Javi was in for a period. I think the, you want the, your fellow goalies to do well. You know, uh, I've always said an outfield player, Didi could let it under his foot and he goes out for a throw-in. Me, Gouldy, Magnus, you make a mistake, it's a goal. Simple as that. Uh, it's, um, that's the position. And sometimes it just... Uh, you look, probably, Magnus is a good example. Magnus never really hit the ground running or settled in fully at Celtic. And maybe it's the same for Barkas. You just don't know. You know, coming to a different continent, maybe style of football. It's, it's All these things could be accumulating, family not settling. We just don't know, you know. It's just, um, and now Scott Bain's been back involved, so it'll be interesting to see who starts tonight. Yeah, I mean... I- I don't really know. Obviously, I was a big fan of Fraser Foster, and I would have loved him to have to have signed on a permanent. Um, but it wasn't to be, and he went back to Southampton. But in terms of um, Barkas and Bain's situation, I, I really don't know because I thought towards the start of this season, I thought right, stick Barkas back in goals. I know he's made mistakes, and I know he's he's no hit the ground running. But at the same time, he needs a wee bit of confidence. You'll know as well. You need a settled defence in front of you. You always played with a settled defence. You had Big Bobo, Johan and Just in front of you. And that was settled. And you knew what each other was thinking. Obviously, Celtic, in the last season or two, have had a shaky defence where defenders have been out injured. They've been back in. They've been suspended and things like that. So it's it's not been easy for the goalkeepers either. And I thought that Barkas was going to come in and be the number one. But then... You know, you could say he makes a couple of mistakes pre-season and then in the big game against Michelin's Scott Bain comes in. So it poses the question, you know, who who starts tonight? I mean, I would still go with Barkas, but I don't I don't know what your thoughts are and who would start tonight at Tynecastle. Uh, well, I think it'll give you an indication of what the manager's thinking of the the both of them. Um, I'm willing, I'm willing Barkas to go and prove us all wrong. I just wanted him to hit the ground running and start this season and, and prove everybody, you know. He, he came with a high pedigree. As I say, sometimes people come into clubs and it just doesn't happen for you. Uh, uh, that's the sad part of football. You don't settle, as I say, maybe not enjoying it, maybe not enjoying the lifestyle or the area. It, it, all these combination things, you know, family might not be there, family might not be well. 
Um, all these things, and I really I would love both the goalies to prove us all wrong. You know, um, I think Joe Hart would be a great signing. Fraser Foster was sensational, to be honest. Um, I think he was sensational when he's come back in every period and disappointed it never get him uh, permanently. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ben Foster, another England goalkeeper, was mentioned um, in that kind of same breath. I, I think Joe Hart, even at 34, would be a better selection, a better choice, um, definitely than, than Barkas and Bain at the moment. I, I don't think either keeper is, is feeling too confident and you can't go in especially go to places like Tynecastle. I mean, you'll obviously know yourself playing there enough times throughout your career. It's a it's a volatile, it's a hostile stadium to play in, a bit like Pataudry, where the fans are on top of you. And, and I know we're not going to have a full house tonight, but we don't really need that kind of pressure on, on the keepers tonight. I think, well... Tynecastle, it's one of his ones. As a player, I think you enjoy the fans being in top. You know, it's hostile, but it's a great place to go and play, especially when you win. I just, I think when the manager makes his decision tonight regarding the goalie, that's him nailed his colours to the mast, what way he's going, whether it's Barkas or Bain. And I'm quite sure he's probably asking the board if he can maybe get money or get one in and loan. And again, it'll be interesting, as I say, um, I've been there, I've made mistakes, it's horrible but again, he's, you've got to have that, try and get that mental toughness to come back and try and prove to people that you, you can you can do it again, you know um, the beauty with Celtic is you normally play Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday or Thursday, you know, it's just the way it is with the European games now and if you do make a mistake, you're into your next game so it'll be interesting tonight anyway yeah, definitely. Um, just a few comments are coming in. Jedi <laughs> really says, Rabbi, wasn't your biggest fan, but my God, you were a thousand times better than the current keepers. Um, don't know if that's a compliment or not, but say <laughs> however you want. Um, Hard <laughs> Mitchell Black says, Ryan Christie has been impressive so far. Um, yeah, as I say, like, I, I think, I think in terms of um, Ryan Christie seems to have picked himself up again. You know, he came in for a lot of stick, and I, I defended him a lot last season. In terms of, I just, I just thought his confidence was shattered last season. I, I think he's been a great player for Celtic, and I, I do think he can pick it up. But do you think, Rab, it's a case of he's playing for a move, or do you think maybe he's he's playing he's playing to stay to sign a new contract? I, I I don't understand them to playing for a move. Surely you just go out and give your best. And sometimes your best isn't enough. Just go and enjoy your football. You know, I'm up at our growth coaching. We're part-time. And they boys play for the love of football. It's no all for the money. Okay, we're professional and we're in the championship and we try we try to um, improve the club. But I don't think any of our players would be playing for a move. I think they would just be playing to do their best for the club. Um, one that I'm looking forward to seeing this season is um, Turnbull. It'll be interesting to see how he does. I think he could I think he could be a, a very good player for Celtic. Yeah, I think I think David Turnbull, I think I, I saw last season that he, he had a better completion, pass completion rate than Lionel Messi and Bruno Fernandes. Um, so that's that is some company to keep, to be honest, especially for a young Scottish boy. I thought when he came in that you know, he might not be ready for the first team right away, that he might need to be loaned out, a bit like the Ryan Christie situation when he went to Aberdeen and came back. But listen, he has hit the ground running last season and, and I definitely think he's he's going to be one to watch this year. Um, in terms of, obviously, new signings coming in, Leal Abada, have you seen much of him in terms of... No, no. No. Nah. I'd be lying if I said I had 
Uh, I don't think I've seen any of the signings, to be fair. And I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the game tonight to see what formation they play, how they play. You know, it'll be interesting. But as I say, the biggest the biggest one for me is as soon as the manager picks his team, who's in goals, and then we go from there. And you know, it gives you a better indication of what he's wanting to do in the goalkeeping situation. Yeah, um, obviously Jackie Dunn says I'd take Rab back in goals tonight. I don't know if you're available, big man, but... Uh, I'm saying we're both, Jackie, sorry. I, I, would have, I would have definitely stuck your, stuck your hat in there. You had a shot in goal tonight. Um, obviously, the thoughts on Carol Starfield. I don't know much about him. I know Rab won't either. Not seen the guy. He, he looks... Um, he looks decent. He looks as if he's he's going to be a leader in that defence, and that's exactly what we need. We need to get Big Julian back. Um, but in terms of going to touch on Callum McGregor, um, obviously he's taking over from Bruni as captain. I'm a massive Callum McGregor fan, but I wasn't entirely sure that he was a right option. I think he was a. I described him last year as it being a popular option because he's been there, you know, most of his life and all the rest of it, and. Um, I would have rather seen his dangle the bait at Ayer and try to get Christopher Ayer to stay and gave him the captaincy. But listen, I, I think Cal Mack, from what I've seen so far, has really, really um, stepped up a gear. I think you look, he's been over the course so many seasons with Celtic, he knows what it's all about. Um, I think Ayer was wanting to go. I think, was there any point in even trying? You've got Julian to come back in as well, you know. So I think when you look at that, um, Cal McGregor's probably a sensible choice in all honesty as well. Yeah, I mean, um, just just in terms of like, obviously you're talking about formations there. I'm not a big fan of this four five one. I like four four two, straight down the line and just get two two up front and let's score as many goals. Because listen, I've always said that Celtic can't defend. We can't defend to save ourselves. So um, let's score as many goals as as the opponents and and let's see where it gets us. But in, in terms of, um, I was just going to say, if anybody's got any questions for, for Rab about his career at Celtic, um, fire them in. Any questions or comments you have about the team uh, or tonight's game, get them into us as well. Um, and question of the day, obviously, just fire them in. Who would you play in goals tonight, Bain or Barkas? Um, so in terms of uh, touching on your career, Rab obviously signed for a million and a half at Celtic in 2000, at a bargain uh, nowadays kind of thing. Um did it all seem like a dream the, the way you came in in your first season? You won. I, I don't know if you were cup. I, I, I read somewhere that you were cup tied for the league cup. Yeah, yeah, I was. Because I was going to say, you, I was just going to say you'd won the treble in your first season. Um, technically, I'm sure you'd have still got a medal um, for being there. But, <laughs> in terms of, that must have been a dream coming coming for Dundee and winning the league in, in the Scottish Cup right away. I think when you look, I was a late starter, as I say. I, I didn't even go part time till 21. I was. 25 when I went full-time at Dundee. Uh, really enjoyed my time at Dundee and was grateful for him taking the gamble on us. And then obviously Martin O'Neill came in. And it was great. It was great to see. It was it was great to go and meet Martin O'Neill and Robbo and Wally. And I wasn't guaranteed anything. He said it's between you and Gould. If you get the gloves, it's down to you. And love Johnny Gould. Uh, keep in touch with him. Keep in touch with a few of the old boys at Celtic. And it's great. But um, I think when you look uh, I was a Muddle fan growing up, so I used to go to Muddle, watch Muddle home and away. And then when you went to Celtic, it's a completely different environment, even going from Dundee, you know. Um, but you, you got to settle in as well. Okay, I, I ups and downs, but it's uh, I think the highs far outweigh the lows, um, you know. So great time. But again, that's the nature of being a goalie, and you've got to have that mental strength. And I've just got a feeling he's going to go with Bain tonight. 
Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, um, as I say, when when you look at it as well coming in, everybody raves about Mark Manil and his, his style of management and the man that he is himself. I, I've not had the pleasure to meet him yet, but um, I mean, what what was it like as, as a manager to, to deal with? Listen, it was, it was straightforward. I, I, I can't see Martin O'Neill really telling, uh, I think once he'd go to Henrik, um, you, you're basically looking at Martin O'Neill just putting the players into slots and letting us go and play. And that was that was the one thing he did. Um, great man manager, looked after the players well, did everything, you know, uh, fought your corner, whatever, for any reason. But um, man managing, he was brilliant. I think mannerisms, obviously, he learned a lot of Brian Clough, but again, when you look where he came in and transformed Celtic, it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you, you then defended your title the following season, won the SPL. 52 appearances, I think, I read as well. Um, it's an incredible amount of appearances that really cemented your place as number one. Um, but the game in, uh, the game against Valencia in Europe, um, you know, that, re- that really stood out that season. I mean, how how is it playing in the Messiah and... and, and it's funny because some of the games are a blur. Uh, the, the Messiah is a blur to me compared to going down to Blackburn and turning Blackburn over because we're men against boys. But we won at Blackburn and we get beaten the Messiah and we were so unlucky uh, losing penalties when we went back to Celtic Park because I think we, we had enough chances that night. But that listen, again, that's the nature, you know. Uh, Mitchell Black's just hit it with Rab. Do you remember Sam and I see his overhead kick against you? I don't. I don't no, know if I remember. He's obviously scored. Listen, everybody scored by me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know if I remember that one. Um, I do remember that fun enough a penalty save you, you made against, I'm sure it was Motherwell at Fur Park. And I don't know how you get your hand up that high. It just, you know, it was an unbelievable save. Um, that, that save's always stuck in my memory that for some reason, I don't know why, it's just, it's, I just couldn't believe that you'd, you, that you'd go to it kind of. Because I think you went quite low. I went down. But, but, but the hand came up really high. I actually even got a cuddle for Sutty that day. That's how most people <laughs> There you go. No, obviously, as I say, being a Muddle fan, but again, you still want to get and do your best. You know, obviously, you're playing for Celtic and you're playing for a title and trophies. And um, I think I went low. I think it was Derek Adam, but it was a, I had a reasonable record with penalties. But obviously, I don't think the pressure's on the goalkeeper at penalties. The pressure's on the taker. You know, so if you can if you can do something right or you know, you've maybe did your homework in the penalties or whatever, or you've been told by the goalie coach, you've, you've got a chance. Yeah, I mean, um, just in terms of the UEFA Cup run, because that was obviously memorable. It was, a, it was an unbelievable season and, and, and all, and, and I can remember I can remember um, being in the pub watching watching the, the last game against Kilmarnock in that season, and obviously it was just, it came down to a goal, I think, in the end. Um I can remember applauding the players off at the end of the park, thinking that I've never been prouder of the team this season, the whole season. Just that, you know, you guys, you guys battled through absolutely everything in terms of, you know, lost finals and got to the UEFA Cup final. Was it? I was in Seville, um, sixteen years old. Was an unbelievable atmosphere, and you know, but just in terms of the, the cup run, is, is there a game that sticks out in your mind? I think they, well, obviously Blackburn was a great win. Um, I was a Liverpool fan growing up. Douglas King Kenny, Mr. Douglas was my hero. So going down there and getting a clean sheet, and I'll never forget when Big Johnny scored a couple of decent saves for Gerard, etc. But again, it's uh, it was a team game. Uh, I'll never forget Johnny scored and I turned round. There's one guy in 
one guy I've made eye contact with. So I'm looking at a Celtic fan going mental in the cop and just that memory sticks in the back of my mind. But going there and getting a clean sheet and I thought, no bad for a wee boy for Lanark. But uh, brilliant. The whole, I think you look, we were 20-odd games extra on top of your league campaign plus your other cups that you were in. So, you know, whether it took its toll or not, I mean, it's one goal and uh, we didn't end up with anything that year, um, which was unbelievable. Uh, I, I mean, I remember, I remember all the games we we had superstitions. We were watching the games in the pubs, and we always had the same seat and this the same table and things like that. It was, it was just ridiculous the way you do it. But I can always remember the the obviously Blackburn and the Liverpool games are, are standouts because it's Battle of Britain, and especially with Blackburn with being Graham Souness and things like that. But I, I can remember like the battles of uh, the, in Stuttgart in Germany. Uh, and Celta Vigo as well, like going through and away goals and, and all the drama of that. Um, Henrik Larsson obviously scored a, a handful in that, in that run. And I, I, I can still remember recording the game. I've still got it in videotape. I've never watched it back. I've never watched I've only seen it live. I've never watched it back. I've seen the goals. But um, in terms of how was it in the build-up when you, when you got to Seville as a team? I think, you know, listen... For a team who probably get put out with Ball in the qualifiers and we ended up in the uh, Europa or UEFA Cup, it, it was unbelievable to, to go in that running journey. But I mean, I think one other game that sticks in my mind was Stuttgart. I think we went two up early doors over there and we were flying. Then we conceded a couple and we were under pressure. I think we conceded one and Lenny kicked off for the halfway line. So he's 49 yards out. And he's rolled it back to me, right back to the goal line. And I've probably kicked it 48 and a half yards back to him, going mental at him. That's how much pressure <laughs> we were under at Stuttgart. But I just always think if that Stuttgart game had went in our five minutes, we could have been in trouble that night. But I mean, again, we get through, you know. So the achievement and the, the journey for the fans, to be able to get your pals and family tickets who are Celtic fans was unbelievable. You know, sadly, we were just so just short in the night and Porter's theatrics, etc. just killed you know i think that can he put you off as well yeah i mean i was i was heartbreak that that kind of moment obviously for all you boys but especially that that moment of larson walking past the trophy he was getting interviewed and he was basically i think he basically said to chick young he looked at his medal he's like i didn't come for that do you know what i mean it just didn't he didn't want to look at it and and i think that broke everybody's heart so it was, we were all delighted the celtic fans obviously and football fans that, that he went on and won the european cup with Barcelona kind of oh, thing and played a part think, in two goals during the one. I think you look when they came on his sub, didn't he? And he's played his part in two goals and then he's went to Man U, you know. Celtic, Henrik was brilliant for Celtic. Celtic was brilliant for Henrik. But I mean, I think you look when he does it at Barcelona and Man U as well, you've got to doff your cap and realise the quality of the guy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got, we obviously got the, the, the best out of him kind of thing. Um, I just want to... Just interrupt and just go on to the. I think we've got the Celtic team. Um, so, the Celtic team for tonight Scott Bain does make it in goals. You've got Taylor, Beaton, Starfelt makes his debut. Ralston, um, Soro, McGregor is captain. Abada, Turnbull, Forrest, and Edward. That's a pretty good team, um, in my opinion. On the bench, you've got Barkas, Kyogo, Furuhashi does make the bench. Um, Albina Yeti, Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic, Adam Montgomery, and Stephen Welsh is on the bench. That's that's a pretty good team. Um, but just going back to just going back to European days, your Celtic days. You obviously went and won another title before before you left. Um, 
in terms of I know you went to was it Leicester you went to in two thousand two thousand five. How how tough a how tough a decision was that to, to leave Celtic at the time? I, I think the manager changed. Obviously, the gaffer was leaving because his wife was ill, etc. And Gordon Strachan came in and he brought in Boric, who was unbelievable, you know. So sometimes you don't get a contract renewal, and that's what happens, you know. I had four and a half great years. I've met people that I still keep in touch with, not just fans. Um, I've got friends, I've got staff members that are still at Celtic to this day that I keep in touch with. So and that was an unbelievable experience. But uh, sometimes your, your time comes. You know, you're tied up at a club and you've got to go go elsewhere. You know, you're never guaranteed anything in life, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and just finally, before we get back on to Celtic, just um, making your Scotland debut, um, the amount of caps that you made, how proud were you that you got to represent your country? Um, quite patriotic. I was actually down at Wembley there, so I, I didn't have tickets, but I was down I saw that. I saw the video. I think that ball still goes <laughs> oh, you, you look, uh, I'm proud to be Scottish and to, I think as a kid you want to either play professional football or play for your country and I was lucky enough to do both so incredibly proud of that, standing at Hamden, you know, and a couple of good results, a couple of poor ones, but that's the nature of uh, being a goalkeeper in Scotland I suppose. Yeah and obviously touching the, the Euros, it was great to see the guys there. Um, to after 23 years, do you think it'll be another 23 years before we we get there? Are you no, confident in the team? I, I'm, I'm very confident. I think Steve Clark's a very good manager. I, I think he's probably even learned in the Euros and the games uh, we get beaten. But again, you look you look at the guys finished, that's just a difference of quality again, which we're probably just missing up front in Scotland was a cutting edge and a goal. Um, the nucleus of the squad's young for Scotland now and it's, it's looking brilliant to be fair so you've got your Gilmers coming through um, you've got your Turnbulls and all that they're, they all deserve their chance and I think there's a great nucleus of a squad there for Scotland to, to build on Yeah definitely and, and hopefully as I say hopefully we'll be there in Qatar it'd be typical if we, we qualified for the hottest country in the world I think we'll all burn when we go over there um, but, but just going back to Celtic before I let you go Rab um, in terms of this season Obviously, you know, we're, we're aiming to reclaim our crown after being so dominant. Um, it was a tough one to take last season for on all fronts kind of thing, but how do you see this season panning out? I know it's a bit mystic, Meg, but... I think, listen, I, I think when you look, you've got to let the manager... He's probably still looking to bring at least three players in, to be honest, you know, and maybe even more, or three players at this with this window. Um, you might see one player or two players moving on again, you know. Um, the, the biggest thing, well, the, probably the good marker will be the first um, Celtic Rangers game. I think that'll give you an indication of how the manager's team's shaping up. Now, I, I saw him doing the training when he was mic'd up and he looked very good. So, interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how he works and his methods and formations and how they play. So, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. But you know what it's like... Um, setting places nowhere. Yeah, that's it, especially in Scotland and, and it's a massive baptism of fire uh, for him. But hopefully hopefully he can he can overcome it tonight. We get the three points and, and go into Dundee next week. Listen Rob, I'm gonna let you go because I know you've got places to go and people to see but listen, thanks very much for coming on, big man. Um I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite, appreciate it. Um no worries. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll get you on again soon. Um, I'll get us on again in our time, but um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, what definitely. Thanks again. Cheers. Right, cheers. Cheers, Pat. Cheers.
Um, so yeah, that was that was Rob Douglas, um, former Celtic keeper. It was great to have him on. Hopefully, we'll get him on um, for longer next time. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, that is it for us. A, a bit of a short show. We've not got Paul on this week, um, so we're going to kind of cut it short. But just in case anybody missed the the Celtic team, the lineup: um, Scott Bain gets a nod and goals. Greg Taylor, Neil Beaton, Carol Starfield makes his debut in defence, um, Anthony Ralston, Ismail Asoro, Callum McGregor is captain, Leo Labada, David Turnbull, James Forrest and Odson Edward on the bench, Barkas, Furuhashi, Ayeti, Christie, Rogic, Montgomery and Welsh. Hopefully um, that will be the team to see us through tonight against Hearts and get stuck into them. Um, as I say, uh, thanks for all your support, guys. Thanks for the numbers, watching, member, and subscribe to the podcast. This is the start of season two. Um, so we're going to be running all season. And we'll have Paul back next week. Um, so, as I say, thanks to Club Badge FC again, renewing a sponsorship of the pod. They are the official licensed suppliers of the Scotland national side, in case you didn't know who they were. They are across the socials. Um, really great new page. Great business. Get in touch with them. Um, the, the great, great badges that they, that they come up with and as I say, we will be back next Sunday after the sometime after the Dundee game at Celtic Park and so as I say, all across the socials, Celtic FC appreciation page, all across the socials get liking us guys, get sharing the page we want to get this pod into the charts um, this season and um, we're available to download on Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you download your podcast from. So until next Sunday, guys, all the best. Hail, hail.